0: Yeah, it's John chapter 11. John chapter 11 will begin in verse 17. We'll pick up where we left off this morning. We'll overlap the passage of scripture a bit to get the whole narrative of what happened uh, there at the family uh, in the household of Lazarus and Mary and Martha, and then, of course, at the graveside. Uh, some things we we'll want to look at uh, in the second half of this narrative, some details uh, that we need. Uh, And if we don't need them now, we will need uh, some of these things we'll talk about uh, as we deal with some very familiar emotions uh, as we go into tragedy and trauma and sometimes grief. Uh, Looking at uh, John chapter 11, verse 17, would you stand as the scriptures read, please? So when Jesus came, he found that he, Lazarus, had been already in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany's windows near Jerusalem, about two miles away. Many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now, Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is to come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went away and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Then when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with the grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the reality of the resurrection, for the power of Jesus. We thank you that he is the resurrection and the life. Father, as we look at this passage of scripture, we ask that these truths would find their way in our heart, and then you would remind us of these things in the times when we need them the most. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. This happened a long time ago, and the barrel of customs were a lot different from what we uh, e- experience here in uh, the, the year 2023 over in the United States of America. And maybe there's nothing we have in common with this past description with these people. But we find ourselves, first of all, with some very familiar emotions. These people were in grief, they had lost uh, a brother. And he had been sick for some time. We don't know how long, but we know it was, it was for some time because, of course, when they finally sent to Jesus, it was, it was getting serious. And whether it was a brief sickness or a long sickness, sitting by the bedside of somebody that's seriously ill seems like a long time, and we know they had dealt with that. They had dealt with the grief of his death, and, of course, all the things had to do with his burial. We have some familiar emotions, especially, and I mentioned this, Uh, briefly in verse 21 Martha said to Jesus Lord if you had been here my brother would not have died her sister Mary echoes that same sentence in verse 32 so it tells me they were probably speaking along those lines and talking about this and they probably said the same thing as they agonized over and over if Jesus had just been here if Jesus had been here Lazarus would not have died. You see, the biggest word in this sentence, there's 12 words in this sentence, and the biggest word in this sentence is the one we use a lot. If, if, if things had just been different, this wouldn't have happened. You see, a lot of times we use this word in our grief. I deal with grieving families quite a bit. A lot of times I hear this one word around gravesides, they're in the funeral home, and sometimes they're reflecting on what happened, and they reflect on what happened, and they say, if things had been a bit different, if we had just called the doctor sooner, if we would just gone to a different doctor, if they had just left the house a little bit later or a little bit earlier, the wreck wouldn't have happened, if, and own and own and own. that word haunts us, and we reflect it, and we replay it over and over. And then there's the if of regret. If I would have just said something different. If I would have done something different. These are familiar, aren't they? Any of us have been with grief, we've used this word. If it's part of our fragile condition. And of course, they knew that the biggest difference maker that they knew was Jesus. So when he came, they were just just letting them know that they knew that if he had been there, that he would have done something. He could have done something. He could have done what nobody would have ever done. And it's part of our fragile condition. Jesus knows our broken hearts, as we mentioned this morning, and knows our frame. And our broken hearts require us to sort these things out. That's part of what we call grief work. And and you can't shortcut this. Your your mind has to to reflect. We replay, and sometimes we there's regret. But sooner or later, we readjust. But in order to readjust, our minds require this big if, and it's just part of human grief. Jesus doesn't scold them. He doesn't try to give them a lecture, and it. If there was any hint of irritation or, or regret that Jesus wasn't there, we don't know if there was or not. But even if there was, Jesus can take it. And God can take it when we realize and talk to him, God, this hurts and I don't like this one bit. And even if we're somewhat mad at God, God knows our frame. He remembers we're dust and he can handle it just as well tell God about it because he already knows our heart. But now she has a a flicker of faith. Now it's not a bold, shining light of faith. She doesn't come through like a, a, a beacon of hope. She says this, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now, I know whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Wow. Even now, I know you can help us. Now, it was just a little flicker, but it was enough. But let me say this. The raising of her brother from that grave was not in her inventory at this time. How do we know that? Jesus goes to the grave, and he says, roll away the stone. And Martha says, no, 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 don't do that. This is irreversible. It's been four days. You don't want to roll away the stone. It's going to be very unpleasant if you roll away the stone. She tried to stop him from rolling away the stone. So we realized that perhaps she didn't have in her mind the resurrection of her brother from the grave. She was saying this. If you would have been here, I know things would be different. But I'm glad you're here. Because even now, you anything you ask of God to help us, we know God's going to take care of it. She had a little flicker of faith but it was a enough faith now you would think to be this disappointed in the way things turned out and if Jesus would have been there and he didn't get back here in time that it would have soured her on the whole thing with Jesus but it didn't she's maintained her faith in Jesus even in one of life's biggest disappointments. where does this come from we get the answer When Jesus says, your brother will rise again, Martha said, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection, in the last day, and the the Jewish people knew there would be a resurrection. Job speaks of this, and several other passages. They they knew that there would be somehow, some way they couldn't quite understand it, so she knew she'd see her brother again one day, and Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He believes in me. Though he die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he says, do you believe this? And here's the secret of that flicker of faith, even in life's darkest disappointment. She said, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the son of God who is to come into the world. You see, her flicker of faith could happen in the darkest of time because she had the foundation of faith in who Jesus is. She has accepted and believed that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of God to come into the world. She accepted him as Savior. She accepted him as Lord, King of King and Lord of Lords. She knew who Jesus was and her faith was steadfast. So now she's facing the biggest storm she'd ever faced in her life and the biggest disappointment because, face it, Jesus was away when they really needed him the most. But even in this, she said, I know who you are and I still cling to you as my Savior and Lord. Don't you remember Jesus when he said, the people that believe in me and believe the words that I say are like the man who built a house. And he built a house, and he digged down deep, and he made a big, firm foundation for the house, and the storms came, and the wind the waters blew on the house, but the house stood firm. We found this in Matthew chapter 6 and several other passages in the Gospels. Now, what he did not say was this. Whoever bases their life on me and believes in me, and whoever comes to me and believes in the words that I say, <clears throat> it's like a man who built a house. And he digged down deep, and the foundation was sure, and he built this house, and there wasn't a storm hit the house. He said the storms came. We build our lives on faith. The storms will come. And the storms do come. And sometimes, like Martha and Mary, our faith doesn't come through all nice and polished and shining like a beam of light. It's a bit scuffed up, isn't it? A bit scarred up, got some dings in it. Sometimes our faith can, can get battered around pretty good. But we know that that foundational faith in Jesus who he is, we may face the darkest days and the hardest of times and the longest of nights. But she said, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So we realize their faith stood firm because their faith was in Jesus and who he is. And then we have the feeling heart of Jesus in this passage. In verse 33, Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, Behold, how he loved him. Jesus wept. This is probably one of the biggest mysteries Shortest passage of scripture, the shortest verse we have, but a big mystery. Why did Jesus cry? Jesus knew what he was about to do. Jesus knew that this family that was in such dark grief, he knew what was going to happen. He knew he was going to bring Lazarus out of the grave. He knew that the end was going to be a happy ending. But why did he cry? Why did Jesus weep? Well, the first thing we know is he saw the devastation of grief he saw Mary weeping, and he saw the other people weeping with her. Now, this word weep means a loud, uncontrolled wail. It was hysterical. It was a scream. It was like weeping like like you could hear a long way off. Then the, the ones who were with her joined in with her, and some of that was drama because that was the way they did. You'd come and you'd wail, but we know that Mary, hers was heartfelt. He saw the devastation of grief. Now, Jesus had healed broken hearts before. He'd been by deathbeds before. He had seen lives devastated by disease and illness and sin and he had healed broken hearts. In fact, in Luke chapter 4, uh, four verse 18, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. He had healed broken hearts before, but these were his friends. These were his closest friends. And he wept because he saw how they hurt. And you know what? He knew it would happen. Again, He knew that sin had wrecked this world to the point where everyone there would go through the desolation of grief again. So he wept in the book of Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. It says he is acquainted with grief and he's a man of sorrows. And then it says he, has borne our grief. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, Paul uses a a double negative. He says, we don't have a priest that can't be touched with our infirmities. That double negative turns into a positive. What he's saying is, we have a high priest who will be touched by what hurts us. So we know our grief, our sorrow, comes to Jesus. He saw the contagious, contagious danger of doubt They were in grief. They were in mourning. They needed someone to support them, and right in the middle of all of it, some of them said, couldn't this man who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Now, that was absolutely unnecessary around the graveside, wasn't it? Absolutely unnecessary. And so Jesus knew their thoughts before they said it. Jesus knew that despite everything he had done, and some of these people had obviously seen him heal that blind man just a couple of chapters back in the book of John. No no matter what they had seen, Jesus still saw this doubt in their minds. They just refused to believe. Couldn't he have done something? And the, the word is, yes, he could have. He could have healed him from a distance like he had before. He could have hurried back and kept him alive till it came before. But as we mentioned this morning, he didn't do it that way because this was going to be far better to glorify God to prove who he is. Could be something else. Jesus wept because of this. He saw the cost that Lazarus would make to be a testimony of God's glory. Lazarus was already in paradise. Jesus told the parable of the rich man, and another man named Lazarus, not this one, said, and when he died, he was in Abraham's bosom. He was in what they call paradise. He was in a place of comfort. He was in a place of rest. He was in a place of of no pain. He was in a place of absolute happiness. That's where Lazarus was, and Jesus was about to call him back from there and into this same grief-wrecked world that everybody around the grave was. Oh, man, that was a high cost. But you see, he knew the cost would glorify God. Later on, every single of the apostles, one of the apostles would pay a high cost to be a witness for Jesus. And thousands and millions of believers since then have paid a high cost to be a witness for Jesus. Jesus knew this of Lazarus. He left paradise to come back and be a witness of the glory of God. And all this, Jesus shows us, listen, this is close to our hearts. This is important. Tears are not a sign of weakness When we go through trouble, we cry and we think, I ought to pull myself together. I got to be stronger than this. Who cried around the grave of Lazarus? Jesus Christ, the one who was about to defeat the greatest enemy, death, the king of kings and Lord of lords, the one who stilled the storm, who walked on water, the one who could heal the the diseases. There was nothing weak around about Jesus Christ. Nothing weak about him. And Jesus told us it's not a sign of weakness. It's not a lack of faith. Jesus cried along with us because he was sad too. Even though he knew the outcome, right then it was sad. We go to the graveside of the people we love, we go to funerals for the people we love, and we know it's all better for them. We know that their eternity is just so much better, but we cry anyway, don't we? And Jesus said, it's good to cry. We need to to cry it out. In the book of Psalms, chapter 39, verse 12, David says this, please don't be silent in my tears. He acknowledged tears. I think it's like seven or eight times he mentions tears in his prayers to God. An interesting passage It's so poetic In chapter 56, verse 8, he said, put my tears in your bottle. Aren't they already written in your book? God has a ledger. God has a book. God keeps track of every tear. Yes, that's how God is. And he says, just put them in your bottle. You're writing them down anyway. God accepts tears. God understands tears. And God doesn't scold us because we cry. Tears are important. And God understands them, and Jesus cried along with him at the grave. So it's not something to be ashamed of, embarrassed about, got to pull myself together. Jesus cried too. And then there's the practical side of this. There was a part of this, obviously, that only Jesus could do. He went to the grave and he said, roll away the stone. Could Jesus have rolled that stone away? Absolutely. Absolutely. He could have done it. He didn't need them. But he said, you approach that grave. You go face that enemy, death, and I want you to roll away the stone. Now, that was something they could do. It's so What they could do, he asked them to do it. Then he did what only he could do. They rolled away the stone, and he called with a loud voice for Lazarus to come forth, and Lazarus came out. Something interesting to note here, and John is important to put this detail. He was, he was wrapped up in grave clothes, which is kind of like a sheet that was wrapped around him, so he could kind of shuffle, but it said... His head and his face was bound with cloth. How'd he know which direction to come out of the grave? He couldn't see. He heard the voice of Jesus. You remember Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. They hear my voice and follow me. And there's that dead man in the tomb. The dead man in the tomb, certifiably dead, as we mentioned this morning, four days dead. And he heard the voice of Jesus, went straight to it, straight to it. And he came out, and everybody's watching, and he came out, and everybody was aghast, and he said, oh, you, you, you go take the grave clothes off of him. Now, why would he do that? Well... He wanted the people who had faced his death and probably the ones that were there had put those death clothes around him. He wanted to be sure they knew that this was the same one they laid in that grave. He wanted to make sure they got up close and personal. Up close and personal. And he said, you take the grave clothes away and you'll see. The enemy that you faced four days ago when you wrapped him up and put him in here, that enemy is conquered. That enemy is defeated. I have defeated death. And he asked them to take the grave clothes off. He asked them to get up close and personal. You see, death causes terror and fear outside of the presence of Jesus. So while he was there, he said, you get close. You get close. And they could do that because Jesus said, I'm here. Go ahead. You can face it. It's all okay. Death is taken care of. So Jesus asked them to do what they they could do. He did what no one else could do. But in this passage, he shows us some things about grief and unfortunately all of us will face that one time or another this passage hopefully will help us walk through and it doesn't have to be a death it could be any tragedy any loss walk through the the grief and the loss and the hurt but in it all when it gets to be too much and we cry just know Jesus understands that too So don't be afraid to cling to him. Cry it out, and then we readjust and we go again. Anything before we close?